Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh my God, fun. Okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am is our turn on by it. Hart Slahowski? Yeah. Of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. What are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my God, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like bleed suddenly yeah. at any good moment. <laughs> my erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello, you're listening to the Tell Us More podcast. I'm loving season two so far. I fucking adore season two. I love season two. I love that we get to have the flexibility and that we can bulk record because we are power recording. Like this, this is now episode fucking nine. You're recording this, right? Yes. This is now season two, episode nine. No. Yeah. Because it was six. Last time was seven. It's eight oh, now. So season two, episode eight. <laughs> Welcome to season two, episode eight. And also the last little bit of Marissa's brain cells functioning. Welcome to season two, episode eight. We're your hosts, Marissa Malachowski and Hannah Hartler. What if we did that? <laughs> Welcome to this season, everybody. Welcome. Intros are hard. I'm hoping that when I'm famous, I can drop the Malachowski and just pull a Madonna and do a whole Marissa thing because Marissa Malachowski sounds like such a mouthful. And like, I got told I was Madonna at work. Oh uh, yeah, but Hartler's like such Madonna. a cool last name. No, I love the name Hartzler. I also like that my initials are HGH. Also, I like Hannah Hartzler. It's alliteration. I like having lots of H's. Well, I'm Marissa Malachowski's alliteration, but I hate Malachowski. It's such a it's such a mouthful. It's like, I, I don't know. My brother will have to think of a stage name for me for when I'm famous. I know I've asked you this before, but what's your mom's main name? McRority. Yeah, that's not that's easier not to say. What's yeah. your grandma's maiden name? Brennan. Marissa Brennan? Maybe. I wouldn't love that. I don't love it What's either. your other side of grandma's name? <laughs> oh, wait. It would probably be the same then. Eh. I think my grandma on my dad's side is Brennan, and my grandma on my mom's side is Ray. It's Marissa Ray. Ray. Rissa Ray. Rissa Ray. Rissa Ray. Rissa Ray. Rissa Ray. I kind of feel like Rissa Ray is a stripper, to be honest. No, she sounds like a the DJ. The way I just said it. Please welcome to the stage, Rissa Ray. Yeah, that's how they introduce strippers, Hannah. I'm so sure. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage, Mitzi Mitz. Mitzi Minnesota. Please welcome to the stage, Mitzi Minnesota. Mitzi Minnesota sounds like a stripper. Shows you a good time and a casserole. They call it Minnesota because of all of her cum. Oh, took it too far. And dandruff. Took it too far. Too far. I hate it. Do you think? I don't want to know what this next question is. Should I say it anyway? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> could do you think that pubic? You could get dandruff on your pubic hair. Um, I'm like 99 percent sure you can. Okay. Like it, it's hair. That's true. Like if you grow out your armpits, you could probably get dandruff on your in your armpits. Okay. Isn't dandruff just dry skin? I think so. I've never had it. You've never had dandruff? No. You live in Minnesota. It's like the driest. My hair is so oily. Sexy. I know. Please welcome to the stage, oily Marissa. That slip and slide on the pole, that's from her unwashed hair. Everywhere. Everywhere. All her hair. She doesn't shower. That's what we're trying to end at. (laughs) Did you get that? Did you catch that? Oh, God, when she spins around, there's so much odor. No. <laughs> anyway. Stinky Rissy. Dude, dude. Please like walk over the stage. Stinky, stinky Rissy. <laughs> she smells real bad. 
why do we keep employing her here? I don't know, dude. She draws a crowd. She should probably get fired. <laughs> dude, she draws a crowd. I don't know. People got weird kinks. People got, we don't kink shame here. We don't kink house. shame. <laughs> we don't kink shame. Um, I had a joke about Misty, Minnesota. Oh, I was going to say... Please, this is dumb now. Please welcome to the stage, Misty, Minnesota. She can make your casserole. <laughs> she is one hot dish. Ah! Oh my god, you made it better! <laughs> God, that's amazing. Oh, wow. Is your story happy? It's lighthearted. Great, because mine's not. Do you want to go? F- no, I'm going to go first. Oh, wait. And was I supposed to go first, though? No, no I just did. Okay, never mind. Yep, 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 yep. Um, this I am, is the eighth episode, I am and confused. I'm going first. You have to pay attention to this one, because it's a wild fucking ride. Oh, my God. Also, you're going to fucking kill this lady. Bathsheba. What? <laughs> okay. Nope. <laughs> the Conjuring. Anyway. All right. Catherine Knight. I'm going to tell you about Catherine Knight. Okay. Do you know her at all? Have no. you met her? Have you I've never met her. her on the street. I kind of think I don't want to. Yeah, fucking don't. Catherine Knight was born October 24th, 1955. Okay. She was born and raised in an unconventional and dysfunctional family environment. So was I. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> And I was going to say, don't say that you relate because she's a heinous cunt. Okay. Her mother, Barbara, was married to a man named Jack Rogan and lived with him in the small town of Aberdeen in New South Wales. The couple had four sons and then Barbara began having an affair with a man named Ken Knight, a friend and co-worker of her husband. The families were both well known in the small town and the affair caused a scandal. Backlash caused Barbara and Ken to move to Moree. None of her four sons came with her for some reason. The two older sons stayed with their father while the two younger ones were sent to live with an aunt. Couldn't find out why. Well, if you're saying that she's terrible, I'm yeah, but sure. I, no, I understand why the two stayed with their dad, but I don't know why two of them went oh, to live with an aunt. Oh, that four is too many for a one man. I guess. Because men are stupid. Okay, well, that let's not be me. <laughs> okay. Um, although I guess he was a drug. Wait. Jack Rogan. I think Jack Rogan was basically... Catherine's parents are fucked up, and we haven't even... Her dad is actually Ken. So Ken Knight, Ken and Barbara, move to Maury. The sons don't come. Barbara later has four additional children with Ken. Her own dad? No, Barbara, not Catherine. Oh, okay. It gets a little confusing at the beginning because I'm just giving you the backstory of Catherine. So her mom had four sons Mm -hmm. with Jason Rogan. Mm -hmm. Jack Rogan. Mm -hmm. Jason Rogan is a guy that works with me. (laughs) And Joe Rogan's comedian. Jack Rogan. Barbara starts cheating on Jack with Ken. They move. Barbara and Ken have four additional children. Two of which are twins. One of which is Catherine. Okay. Catherine is the younger of the two twins. When Jack passes away, the two sons that had been living with him come to live with their mother and Ken. So now there's... Six kids living in this house. And the two youngest ones from before are still with an aunt or something. Yeah, we don't know. They're never mentioned again. Well, luckily for them. Right. Honestly, they probably looked out. I don't know what who the aunt was, but I'm assuming she's better than Catherine. Or was so, it her twin? Who's twin? Catherine's twin? Catherine's twin. What about her? Never mind. She's not an aunt. <laughs> Catherine's twin wasn't even alive yet. <laughs> Okay, the point is that Catherine's parents...
parents are Ken and Barbara. Barbara and Ken had an affair. And Ken's a bad dude. I wrote that in all caps. Ken's a bad dude. Ken is Catherine's father. He was an alcoholic who openly used violence to intimidate Barbara and reportedly raped her for up to ten times a day. So, Catherine's growing up in this environment of her family's already super fucked up and dysfunctional, and then her father is raping her mother up to ten times a day. In turn, Barbara would often tell her daughters the intimate details of her sex life Mm. and how much she hated sex and men. Oh. Later, when Catherine told her mother that a boyfriend of hers wanted her to partake in a sex act that Catherine did not want to perform, Barbara gave the motherly advice of put up with it and stop complaining. Blowjob. Well, yeah, probably. Blowjob. The point is Barbara sucks. Yes. I don't know. I didn't get the detail, the hot goss. Well, Barbara didn't, <laughs> then she didn't tell you then. Catherine also claimed that she was frequently sexually assaulted by several members of her family, which continued until she was 11. Mm. When Catherine Knight attended high school, she became a loner and is remembered by classmates as a big bully. She assaulted one boy at school with a weapon and once injured a teacher. Fuck. How was not explained. That's like the least of anyone's worries in this fucking lady's That's life. That's sad. When Knight left school at age 15, she gained employment as a cutter in a clothing factory, and then she left to work at her dream job, cutting up Offal, O-F-F-A-L, which I googled because I was like, what the fuck is Offal? You worked in a clothing factory, maybe it's a type of fabric. Offal is the entrails and internal organs of an animal, which I should have known because the next part of the sentence is at the local abattoir, which is the butcher. I, when I visit my local abattoir, I like to shake hands with the offal cutter. Same. That sounds like a warm-up before, like you like perform on stage. Yeah, yeah, a voice. Yeah, one of those. Practice. Yeah. Unique New York. Unique New York. That Unique situation. New York. Unique New York. She worked as an offal at the local abattoir. An offal at the local abattoir. Okay. So, she's cutting up entrails and internal organs mm-hmm. as a child. Well, as a 15-year-old. Child. Yeah. Uh, which I wrote, I wrote, abattoir is the fancy word for butcher. <laughs> Ooh. She was quickly promoted to boning, which I don't, I didn't want to Google, and given her own set of butcher knives. At home, she hung the knives over her bed so they would always be handy, quote, if she needed them. Yeah. Okay. She got married to a man named Saunders. What's his last name? Catherine... And Kellett get married. That's his first name? Yeah, he was a co-worker of hers at the abattoir. Is he also a Culkin? Because that's a stupid first name. Oh, that's his last name. Sorry. I don't remember his mm-hmm. first name. You're right. Correct. No. He recalled Catherine's mother giving him this sage advice on their wedding day. He's also a big drunk. He's a big, he's a great big loser. Um, The old girl, Knight's mother, said to, said to me, watch out. You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her, which means cheating on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. That would literally be my mother's pep talk to my groom. Probably word for word. So, stop relating yourself to Catherine. Because like I said, she's a terrible fucking person. Oh, I see so much of myself in her already. No. (laughs) On their wedding night... Catherine tried to strangle Kellett and later explained it was because he had fallen asleep after only having intercourse three times. 
you as fuck. Is that what you want to say? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, I literally was like, of course. Only three times. Only three times. Ridiculous. The typical wedding evening is at least seven. Seriously. The marriage proved particularly violent. Probably from Catherine's Shocking. end. Shocking. And on one occasion, a heavily pregnant Catherine burned all of Kellett's clothing and shoes before hitting him in the back of the head with a frying pan. So she was the abusive one. Mm-hmm. Simply because he had arrived home late from a darts competition after reaching the finals. So do we feel bad for Kellett? I mean, he's a loser, but he's getting his ass yeah, beat. Yeah, we feel bad for all of her husbands. Foreshadowing for you. Mm. They're not great, but, like, they don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. In Uh, fear of his life, Kellett fled before collapsing in a neighbor's house, and he was later treated for a severely fractured skull, which is what happens when you get hit in the back of the head with a frying pan. Wow. I can't relate. Police wanted to charge Catherine, but she changed her behavior to ingratiate Kellett and talked him into dropping the charge. Uh, In May 1976, shortly after the birth of their first child, Melissa... Kellett left her for another woman and moved to Queensland, apparently unable to cope with Catherine's abuse. Well, yeah. The next day, Catherine was seen pushing her new baby in a pram down the street, violently throwing the pram from side to side. She was admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth, where she was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent several weeks recovering. After being released, Knight placed two-month-old Melissa on a railway line shortly before a train was due. She then stole an axe, went into town, and threatened to kill several people. A man known in the district as Old Ted, (laughs) who was foraging near the railway line, found and rescued Melissa, and by all accounts, only minutes before the train passed. Oh, Old Ted. Catherine was arrested and again taken to St. Elmo's Hospital, but apparently recovered as she signed herself out the following day. So. We're not even normally done. A few days later, Catherine slashed the face of a woman with one of her knives and demanded she drive her to Queensland to find Kellett. The woman escaped after they stopped at a service station, but by the time police arrived, Catherine had taken a young boy hostage and was threatening him with a knife. She was disarmed when police attacked her with brooms and admitted to the Morissette Psychiatric Hospital. Catherine told the nurses that she had intended to kill the mechanic at the service station because he had repaired Kellett's car, which had allowed him to leave. How dare he? And then kill both her husband and his mother when she arrived in Queensland. When police informed Kellett of the incident, he left his girlfriend and moved to Aberdeen with his mother to support Catherine. So he gets back with Catherine. Yep! Because she needs him in this moment. (laughs) Catherine was released on August 9th into the care of her mother-in-law, and along with Kellett, moved to Woodridge, a suburb of Brisbane, where she obtained a job at the Dinmore Meatworks in a nearby Ipswich. Oh, in nearby Ipswich. On March 6th, 1980, they had another daughter, Natasha. Mm. In 1984, Catherine left Kellett and moved in first with her parents in Aberdeen, then to a rented house in nearby Musselwellbrook. Although she returned to work at the abattoir... (laughs) Uh-huh. The abattoir. She injured her back in the following year and went on a disability pension. No longer needing to rent accommodation close to her work, the government gave her a housing commission residence in Aberdeen. Now, she's married to David Saunders. So we just... She left Kellett and went and moved back in with her parents. There was no, like, big blow-up or anything, I guess. I guess she just was like, a peace out, I'm done. Okay, well, lucky for him. The relation... <laughs> she was also <laughs> married to David Saunders. 
This relationship also did not go well. I'm sure. Believe it or not, in May 1987, she sliced the throat of his two-month-old dingo puppy in front of him for no particular reason other than an example of what would happen if he had an affair. After an argument, she hit Saunders in the face with an iron and then stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. He went into hiding. (laughs) She then got pregnant by a man named John Chillingworth. Their relationship lasted three years before she left him for a man that she had been having an affair with for some time, John Price. Is she pretty? Not from what I saw, no. Okay. John Price was the father of three children when Catherine had an affair with him. He was reportedly a terrific bloke, liked by everyone who knew him. His two-year-old daughter lived with his ex-wife while his two older children resided with him. Price was well aware of Catherine's violent past, but his children liked her, he was making good money working in the mines, and apart from some violent arguments, his life was a bunch of roses. Okay. In 1998, Catherine and Price fought over his refusal to marry her. Me too. In retaliation, she videotaped items he had allegedly stolen from work and sent the tape to his boss. Although the items were out-of-date medical kits that he had scavenged from the company's rubbish tip, Price was fired from the job that he had held for 17 years, as his boss has no choice, had no choice. That same day, he kicked her out and returned to his old home while news of what she was, had done spread through the town. What a Oh, my bitch, God. Right? She's just a... She's a cunt. There's still a page and a half left. Oh, my God. We have, it gets worse. Oh it gets God. so much worse. Mine is so lame compared to yours. A few months later, Price restarted the relationship. Oh. <laughs> what kind of magnetic pussy does she have? I don't know. I don't know. Beer-flavored nipples, to quote Heath Ledger from 10 Things. Beer-flavored nipples. Okay. Price restarted the relationship, although he now refused to allow her to move in with him. So that was his caveat. Oh, that I'm like, putting my foot down. Right. The fighting became even more frequent, and most of his friends would no longer have anything to do with him while they remained together. I do also want to point out, in abusive relationships, I get it. It's hard to leave. Yeah, We're not making true. fun of that. I just realized we kind of should say that, so we get it. Yeah. It's this lady. I just know, I'm just, I just know what's to come. I feel like it's just, it's, I, you don't always hear about a lady abuser, so I'm just more so in awe of, like... Which is also what, why I wanted to say it. Yeah. Because, like... Ladies are Ladies crazy sociopath abusers, too. Yeah. February 2000, Catherine stabbed Price in the chest. <laughs> Finally fed up with her, he kicked her out of his house. Which so no one's died yet? No. Okay. Yet. Okay. February 29th, he stopped at the magistrate's court on the way home, and he took out a restraining order on her in an attempt to keep her away from both himself and his children. That afternoon... Price told his co-workers that if he didn't come into work the next day, it would be because Catherine had murdered him. His friends protested that he not return home, but he stated he was worried that if he didn't, she would kill his children. Price arrived at home that evening to find although Catherine wasn't there herself, she had sent the children away to sleep over at a friend's house. He spent the evening with his neighbors and went to bed around 11. Catherine came over to Price's house while he was sleeping, sat and watched television for a few minutes before taking a shower, She then woke Price up and had sex, and they had sex, after which he fell asleep. At 6 a.m. the next day, a neighbor was concerned that Price's car was still in the drive, because he had not arrived at work yet. His employer sent out a co-worker to see what was wrong. Both the neighbor and the co-worker tried knocking on Price's bedroom door, or no, sorry, Price's bedroom window, to wake him up, but alerted police after noticing blood on the front door. Police arrived at 8 a.m. and found Price's body with night comatose after taking a large number of pills. 
She had stabbed Price with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. And according to blood evidence, he awoke, tried to turn on the light, and escape, but Catherine chased him through the house. He managed to open the front door and get outside, but was dragged back into the hallway where he bled out and died. Oh my god. Price's autopsy revealed that he had been stabbed 37 times, both in the front and back of his body. It gets worse. <laughs> Do you need a moment? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Doing this pers- this bitch, I literally was like, I don't know how um, Georgia and Karen do this. I, like, no. I literally, this, nope. I had to get up and like walk around after this. This is a lot. <sighs> okay. It gets worse. This is the worst part. It Are you ready? It gets worse. Are you ready? Yeah. You're not, but okay. okay. Several hours after Price had died, Catherine had skinned him and hung the skin Mm-mm. from a metal hook Mm-mm. on the arch of the door no. to the lounge room. No. She then decapitated him and cooked different parts of his body, serving up the meat with baked potatoes, pumpkin, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy in two settings on the dinner table. Your face is just like wide open mouth. So she's a meat and potatoes gal too. Yep, (laughs) yep, yep. Along with notes beside each plate. The notes each contained the name of one of Price's children on it. She was preparing to feed his body to his children. Price's head was found in a pot of vegetables. (laughs) Still warm. No. Catherine also arranged the body with the left arm draped over an empty one and a half liter soft drink bottle with his legs crossed. Catherine had also written a hand had also penned a handwritten note on top of the photograph of Price that was blunt. Okay. Catherine had also written a handwritten note on the top of a photograph of Price. Bloodstained and covered in small pieces of flesh, it read, Time you got back, Jonathan, for wrapping my doubter, you to Beck, for Ross, for little John. Now play with little John's dick, John Price. What? So, from what they can tell, it's supposed to say, thank you, or time you got back, Jonathan, for raping my daughter, you to Beck, who's, Beck is Price's daughter. Okay. For Ross, for little John, who is his son, now play with little John's dick, John Price. It's just, like, incoherent nonsense. Right. Um, Catherine tried to plead guilty to manslaughter. And was rejected, shockingly. What the fuck? Uh, when her trial commenced, Catherine pled guilty, and the judge ordered a psychiatric assessment to determine if Catherine understood the consequences of her guilty plea. Two psychiatrists concluded that Catherine was sane and diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder. I would agree. Despite entering the guilty plea, she refuses to take responsibility for her actions. She claims amnesia. And during the hearing, when the skinning and decapitation was described in front of Catherine, it was said that she became hysterical and had to be sedated. On November 8, 2001, Justice O'Keefe pointed out that the nature of the crime, as well as Catherine's lack of remorse, required severe penalty and sentenced her to life imprisonment, refused to fix a non-parole period, and ordered that her papers be marked never to be released, the first time that this has been imposed on a woman in Australian history. In June 2006, 
Knight appealed the life sentence, Ooh. claiming that the penalty of life in prison without possibility of parole was too severe for the killing. Okay. Mm. Justices Peter McClellan, Michael Adams, and Megan Latham dismissed the appeal in the New South Wales Court of Criminal Appeal in September, with Justin McClellan writing in his judgment, This was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. And that is fucking Catherine Knight. Okay. What a fucking psychopath. That is literally... Happy Halloween, bitches! I'm pretty sure she's still alive and in prison in Australia. Okay, I still don't feel safe even though she's thousands of miles away. I am just... I was literally reading and I was like, how have I never heard of this lady? Because Karen and Georgia haven't done it. Exactly. Well, I listen to other true crime podcasts too, but yeah, no one. There's just... Wow. Okay, so... Okay. Mine. (laughs) She's a little more lighthearted. And I'm almost embarrassed that it's not insane. I just... Okay, I literally... Because I was like, let's do a spooky episode. So I googled scariest women in history. And then it's one of the... She was one of the ones. So I took the assignment a little more literal. And I literally did it about Halloween. Fuck yes. Oh my god, (laughs) yes. We need it. Because I... Literally, going through that story makes me feel so, like, angry and sad, and, like, I just, like, want to smack her. Okay, so, here we go. I'm, I'm excited. Let's this do is my it. History, this is my history report. Uh, Halloween has its roots in pagan customs dating all the way more than 2,000 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what my reaction was supposed to be, so I just... <laughs> I don't know why I just stopped talking. 2,000 years ago. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> wow, 2,000? And so it being 2,000 years ago, no social meds, it, uh, it's passed down by word of mouth. So this is all folklore, basically. We can't necessarily prove it or disprove it. But this is what we know. Originally called Samhain. Samhain. For real? Let me see it. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Samhain. I don't know. I immediately doubted myself. Okay, I have no idea. Uh, Or Summer's End. Halloween marked the Celtic New Year, and they believed it was the day that their dead crossed over into the new world. I love it. It was also an excuse to play around with the concept of death death, and basically do creepy shit that people would be judged for, like, just like we do now, basically. Like, walk around in slutty costumes? Okay, so we took a different spin. (laughs) But it's essentially, like, being into, like, creepy shit is only okay on this day, much as it is in Halloween here. Like, you're not judged for... Like, so I can't keep my skeleton up all year round, but I can for the month of October. Okay. <laughs> Your real skeleton, because uh, getting a fake skeleton is just, it's just not in the too budget. Much. <laughs> yep, exactly. Steven Spielberg, Game of the We on that Steven Spielberg production life. We on that production life, that Spielberg shit. I'm on my Spielberg shit. And yeah, my... My skeleton just sits in the passenger seat so I can go into the fucking commuter lane, okay? The second you said my skeleton just sits, I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> I was like, you're fucking carpooling with your fucking... I carpool with my skeleton. And it's a real person because it's a real skeleton from Steven Spielberg's, you know... Movie. Movie. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. So Hashtag it still counts because it's a real skeleton. Don't pull me over. Don't give me to traffic court. I'll fight you on this and I'll win. Judge Judy would agree. Judge Judy would agree. Okay. Samhain. Samhain. Halloween was the day that you could communicate with the dead. Celtic priests, known as Druids, were able to communicate with the spirit world and bring back fortunes for the coming year. 
and the fortunes would bring comfort to people that needed to hear it. So basically, like, people today that go see a psychic or get a tarot card reading. People. People. Us. People. That needed to either be, well, mine was, last, my last one was terrifying. My last two ones were terrifying, but he was, he was right. <laughs> it still That's happened. That's I have not gone back. Exactly, but people, I mean, like, he was right about me too, I guess. Right. I got strong. Exactly. So just like we do today, where sometimes we, like, it's, it's a be careful what you ask for scenario. If you go in to be comforted, you'll still have to prepare for hearing something shitty. And if you choose to believe it or not, whatever. But that's people did that back then too. History.com. To commemorate. <laughs> the most reputable of sources. History.com. Where all your history needs will be met. History.com. Welcome to History.com, where we have all your history needs. You want some history? We got it. You want some history on history? We got that too. History.com. Okay, I want to know what History.com has to say. Okay. I totally was thinking this was the History Channel the entire time, but now that you're making fun of it, I don't think it is. Oh my god, it could be, but I feel like that would be like a History Channel. Right. I have a DVD box set on the, on the history of Halloween from the History Channel. And you didn't just watch that and, like, write a report on it? I don't know where it, is. where it is. I don't know where it is. Do you really have it, then, if you don't know where it is? Yes! Is Schrodinger's cat in the box, if you can't see it? Is, if a tree falls in a forest and no one there is to hear it, does it make sound? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that I've seen these I DVDs. Love the, <laughs> I love the, like, plant scoff. <laughs> <laughs> That's how scoffs sound. <laughs> make the case up. I'm crying. Anyway. So can I get to history.com? No, or? well, I'm just, yes. No, I want to know. Okay. To commemorate the event, Druids built huge sacred bonfires where people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifice to the Celtic deities. Oh, shit. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to oh. tell each other's fortunes. People would also wear costumes to blend it in with the spirits so the spirits would leave them alone. So that's where the whole costume thing came from. Cool. Because they were like, yeah, you guys, we don't think this whole communicating with the dead thing is cool. We're actually kind of scared of that. So we're going to gonna try to dress up like spirits so they don't really fuck with us. How do they know what the latest trend is in spirit fashion? <clears throat> I don't know. I guess they'd have to ask the druids. Yeah, I guess they would know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say they're the spirit equivalent of... Joan Simmons or whatever the what was that fucking lady? Joan Rivers. Valley. We should also do an episode on Joan Rivers. Bitch, do it. Yeah, Joni. She's like, fuck you. Don't call me. Don't you, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. (laughs) She's fully preserved because she's all plastic by the time she died. Oh my god, ew. I'd love to get my hands on her skeleton. What does a body look like when it decomposes and is full of plastic surgery? Oh my god, we should. Look into that. I don't want to Google it. We'll get so many decomposing bodies. Okay. Anyways. Anyway. Dress like spirits. In Celtic times, witches were an important part of Samhain. Witches stem from a pagan goddess known as the Crone. The Crone was also known as the Old One and the Earth Mother, who symbolized wisdom, change, and turning of the seasons. But as we know, a smart woman makes men feel insecure. So the stereotype of evil washed Meh. over them to save the fragile male ego is what Meh. I wrote. Meh. So witches became oh, like creepy and scary you because... You can't be a witch and you also can't have a vibrator in 100 years. You can't be smart. You can't have vibrators. You can't be happy. But we're going to fucking complain that we don't know what you want all the time. 
I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> we do like men. We love there men. There are men that we we just shit on. Them. There is a quote that I'm going to pull up that I love. That I'm just that I'm go- that love just is pertains to the sitch, not the Halloween sitch, but the men. Da, 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 da. What's the sitch? Hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's the sitch? audition tape for Kim Possible. Yes. Hey. What's the sitch? Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hey, Wade. Hey, hey Wade. What's the sitch? What's the sitch? <laughs> we should just record always when we're tired. Apparently it's funny. Seriously. Okay. So Elaine Hendricks. This is something that Elaine Hendricks tweeted. Do, she, do I know her? The stepmom in the Parent Trap, I guess, or the 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 woman. Oh, the one that we hate. Yes, the one that I, the stepmom everyone loves mm-hmm. to hate. Got it, got it, got it. She says, "I love men. I love good men. I am also completely, totally, and utterly sick and tired of institutions being run by men, elderly white men with antiquated views, to be specific." And then there's a GIF of her from the movie going, "Is that clear?" Oh my god, yes! So, that's how I feel when I say I, I hate men. I would like to get to the level of fame where I can use gifts of myself. Oh my god, yes! Alright, so, All right, so yeah. the men are pissed because the, the ladies are finding themselves and running naked. Right, and so we, we had like to make it seem like one. witches were bad because women are smart and we can't handle it. Okay, also, this one gets fun. I almost did an entire story just on this, but... <clears throat> Jack-o'-lanterns. Oh god. Also have their root in Celtic traditions. However, pumpkins aren't a thing in Ireland. So it, they actually started with turnips. And this is where the legend of Stingy Jack comes oh, in. shit! I almost did the whole episode shit. on Stingy Jack, but there's not a ton because it's literally just an Irish like folklore tale. It's like Old Ted. <laughs> just like Old Ted. The, le- the legend of Old Ted. I need to know more about Old Ted. That's literally all I can find about Old Ted was that he <laughs> saved Melissa from the train tracks. Maybe he shouldn't have. Well, it's never mentioned again that she was like back with her mom. Oh, good, okay. So good, I'm good. hoping that she just got taken off. Oh, good, okay. I hope all of these... The good thing is none of the children were murdered. Prayers for Melissa and the rest of them. Prayers for all of them. Anyone that's ever come in contact with fucking Catherine Knight. But no prayer for Stingy Jack. No. Well, no. Stingy what did he do? Stingy Jack was a miserable old drunk who took pleasure in playing tricks on just about everyone. Oh. Family, friends, his mother. His mother. And even the devil himself. Oh, my God. One day, he tricked the devil into climbing up an apple tree. After the devil climbed up the tree, Stingy Jack hurriedly placed crosses around the trunk of the tree. Unable to touch the cross, the devil was was stuck in the tree. Stingy Jack made the devil promise him not to take his soul when he died. Once the devil promised not to take his soul, Stingy Jack removed the crosses and the devil climbed down out of the apple tree. Because as we all know, devils keep their promises. That's kind of their thing, right? You know, a devil would never screw you over. Yeah, no, I feel like this was a bad plan. Bad plan all along. Many years later, Jack died. He went to the pearly gates of heaven and was told by St. Peter that he was mean and cruel and had led a miserable, worthless life on earth. Stingy Jack was not allowed to enter heaven. He then went down to hell and the devil. The devil kept his promise and would not allow him to enter hell. Now Jack was scared. He had nowhere to go but to wander about forever in the dark netherworld between heaven and hell. He asked the devil how could he leave as there was no light. The devil tossed him an ember from the flames of hell to help Stingy Jack light his way. Jack had a turnip with him. It was one of his favorite foods, and he always carried one with him. Jack hollowed out the turnip and placed the ember the devil had given him inside the turnip. 
From that day onward, Stingy Jack roamed the earth without a resting, pa without a resting place, lighting his way as he went with a jack-o'-lantern. On Hollow's Eve, the Irish hollowed out turnips, rutabagas, gourds, potatoes, and beets. They placed a light in them to ward off evil and keep Stingy Jack away. These were the original jack-o'-lanterns. In the 1800s, a couple of waves of Irish immigrants came to America. The Irish immigrants quickly discovered that pumpkins were bigger and easier to carve out, so they used pumpkins for jack-o'-lanterns instead. First of all, I love that story. That Thank story you. is amazing. I had no idea I needed to know the background mm -hmm. of jack-o'-lanterns. Second of all, love that you became a southern storyteller Yes. while talking about an Irish <laughs> story. I feel but like, it, fit. it definitely fit. It did. I, I feel like I was engaged. Any sort of creepy folklore, I feel like I, I have to tell, yeah, in the sort of my mysterious well, southern Well, you can ladies. do an Irish one. It's not as good. I, that wasn't an Irish voice. Oh, no. No, Whenever I try to do an Irish accent, it turns into a Minnesota one. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, well, yeah. you know, it's because I think, oh, no, I don't know. You oh, know? Gosh, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, can't believe that they carved out. I kind of feel like if he was carrying around a turnip with a member in it, wouldn't putting carved things, carved gourds and such out just draw him in as opposed to keeping him away? Well, you know, I'm sure translation-wise and word-of-mouth-wise, we're not getting the full story here. Yeah, in reality, he was a great man. His mm. name was actually Fantastic Jack. Fantastic <laughs> Fantastic Jack. And God was like, sorry, I would love to take you in, but you might deal with the devil and I can't accept. Probably can't. Devil went down to Georgia. Devil down to Georgia. Make a deal with Stinch Jack. Sold this deal. My violin. <laughs> <laughs> The devil and his violin. Um, uh, violin. <laughs> that is what I have to contribute to. Mm, my violin. So I hollowed out my violin and put a bird. put a hell's ember in it. And now we're back. A hell's Jack ember. Anyway. That's my band name, hell's ember. Oh my god, that's, so, that's kind of a good band name. I actually agree. If only I had a band. Well, we have microphones. Oh, say. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, tell me more about Sam Hein. All right, bats. <laughs> Give it to me! I want to know about bats! Give it to me. One myth was that if a bat was spotted flying around one's house three times, it meant that someone in that house would die. Shit. Another myth was that if a bat flew into your house on Halloween, it was a sign that your house was haunted because a ghost had let the bat in. Oh my god, if there was a bat in my house at any time, I would freak the fuck out. Yeah, especially because ghosts. One time when I was little... Well, because of a bat in my house! <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, because of a ghost! No! There's a fucking bat Bats you can see, though. Ghosts. I don't care! <laughs> He's minding his business! I didn't even a bat in, but that's what I'm concerned with. Probably an accident. When I was <laughs> little... <laughs> that's just my ghost accidental joke. It's fine. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Accidental Joe. Let Damn more it. bats in. Anyways. Anyways, when I was little, my parents, my mom and my sister and I went to Turgut in Apple Valley. And we were, like, walking around. And all of a sudden, we saw these two workers with, like, nets and a plastic bag just running. No. And we were like, no, what the hell? And then we no, saw. What the hell's going on over <laughs> there? What the hell's going on over there? And then we all of a sudden see this woman just drop a bunch of plates. Turns out a bat had flown into Target, and they were running around with oh. nets and bags trying to catch it. 
Thinking back, those kids were probably like teenagers. You probably had like a 16 or 17 year old trying to catch a bat. And just so you know, if bats are around during the day, they have rabies. Bats are not supposed to be up and about during the day. They have rabies. Stay away from bats they all the time. Right. You're over here fucking worried about ghosts. A ghost isn't about to give me a rabies. But all that bats got all of them. Can, can, <laughs> depending all on whether it's day or night. Got all the rabies. <clears throat> but anyway, that's a little fun fact. Uh, about my life. So that means that target is haunted. Yeah. Doesn't it? By that yes, logic. By that logic, target is haunted. And then so more on more on witches when with the whole it, they used to be good and now they're more bad. More on witches. More on witches. I heard more on witches. Oh no. I, like, <laughs> I would I never like insult witches. Them. <laughs> I was like, bitch. As a massive and irrational fear of witchcraft washed over Europe at a feverish pace, stray cats that were often tended to by old women who were feared to be witches. That sentence didn't make sense. I just copy and pasted that. So Straight cats were tended to by women who were feared to be witches. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Straight cats. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Straight cats are like... Bad. <laughs> Witchcraft. So, that, this whole sentence doesn't make sense. Wait, Single, is that the end of the story about no, stray cats? Okay. No. No, no, keep Single then. elderly women were accused not only of witchcraft, but also of being able to actually transform themselves into black cats. So I think what this sentence was trying to say was like, as a massive and irrational fear of witchcraft washed over Europe, they started to... Because, you know, if, if you're an old woman and you're not married, there's obviously something wrong with you, you know, back in them days. So you were obviously a witch. And then they hear these days. And then and then they hear these days. You're you're a witch. And then cats, obviously elderly women, are actually very sweet, and they tend to all the kitties, so the kitties would be drawn to them. Mm -hmm. So clearly, if you think old women are witches, the next logical thing to think is that they can also turn into cats. Professor McGonagalling that shit. Yes, they are. So because of that, you a, a lot of places you can't adopt a black cat on Halloween, but a lot of places you can't a, a, at all during October because people are fucked up. And they torture the cats. Right. I hate people. <clears throat> Same. I grew up with two black cats. My life is shitty, though, so you never know. My sister has a black... Vanessa. Have I talked about her yet? Whoop, whoop, name drop. Whoop, name drop. She has a black cat named Lola, who is actually very scared of people, but is like the softest yeah. cat you will ever touch. So now on to spiders. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm basically talking about everything that people relate to Halloween, why why it relates. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I love it. Okay, I'm good. loving it. Uh, one superstition is that if a spider falls into a candle, a candlelit lamp, and is consumed by the flame, witches are nearby, which, okay, I'm sorry, but I think um, that anything that you put in the flame uh, of a candle, uh, flames burn. Yes. And if you spot, <laughs> just FYI, and if you spot a spider on Halloween, it means that the spirit of a deceased loved one is watching over you. Oh, cute. So I see spiders all the time. So many loved ones. I don't know. It just says Halloween. There's like a hella daddy long leg family in my bathroom. Daddy long legs are the daddy of the spiders. Mm-hmm. I'm Thinking. the daddy in this I'm the daddy. That's what the daddy long legs said. Okay. I'm the daddy. So this is also, I'm just going to say it. Halloween was also a day to go husband hunting. Fuck yeah. Nice. AKA what I need to do. AKA. AKA in Scotland. Fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. Do you want to do that? The yes. 
they're all going to not burn because the net that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding, the story went, represented the girl's future husband. All of mine are going to remain perfectly intact. No, because um, if it pops or explodes, that's that. It either pop, There's no intact option. It either burns, and that's the name of your loved one, or say it again. The nut that burned to ashes, rather than popping or exploding, yeah. the story went, represented the girl's future husband. Yeah, so the one that burns to ashes is your future husband. If it pops or explodes, no. Okay. If it just remains intact, that's a fucking fire retardant, whatever it is. I'm going to get three fire retardant hazelnuts. Hazelnuts. <laughs> How do you keep track of who's who if you just throw them in the fire? The logic is flawed for sure and not just in that way. <laughs> I mean, those are my main issues with those. <laughs> I don't have any other issues. Any other, the other, anything else I obviously just worry about keeping track. Um, another story suggests that eating a sugary bedtime snack made from nuts, nuts, men, nutsack, that's what I assume, would increase a woman's chances of dreaming about her future husband. Other tales Your have women's nutsack. Maybe. My favorite husband's nutsack. Not your favorite. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can have a favorite husband. I support you being polygamist. Get all the husbands, bitch. All the hazelnuts. They're all gonna burn to ashes. Yeah. Oh my god. Imagine. You're like, well, I guess I'm moving to Mormontown. Guess all of them. Polygamy now. Polygamyville. Guess I'm being the mayor of Polygamyville. Guess I'm the mayor of Polygamyville. The first woman mayor of Polygamyville. <laughs> Utah. I think then it's called polyamory, I think, if it's a woman. No, polyamory is the pla- practice polygamy and then polygamy. And the difference is one, it's one man and a bunch of wives and then one woman and a bunch of husbands is the difference between the two phrases. Anyway, what's up? Polygamy is mm-hmm. a thing? Mm-hmm. Polygamy. Where did you learn that information? Uh, just curiosity. Killed the cat. Yeah, well. Well, in this instance, this cat's fully alive and kicking. No, um, I would like to know what polygamy is. I just want to polygamy is when a woman has many husbands. I didn't realize that was a different. I didn't realize that was a different like thing. You got it, champ. Polygamy doesn't come up as a word. Okay, so then. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a real thing. The only thing that's coming up is stuff about a polygon. Polyandry refers to one woman with multiple husbands. There it is. Polyandry. Polygamy and polyandry. Okay. There we go. There we go. I'm happy that we went down that path. That was fun. Same. Let's talk about apples. (laughs) Other tales have women throwing apples. Where are they throwing the apples? I'll tell you. They're throwing apple peels over their shoulders in hopes that the peel will land in the way that forms the initials of their future mates. Because this all makes sense. We should do that, too. Let's do that. Let's do do all of this on Halloween. Other women tried to learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water and stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms, holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. God, these women were so bored. I feel so bad. Also, when society tells you you're only worth something if you're married, I would go through all this fucking hoops and shit. Right. But the girl that wrote this article, of course I didn't copy her name down, but um, I wanted to end it with this. Using spells to conjure up a husband seems way more creepy than hanging out with black cats. If none of these things worked, I suppose women who could not manifest a Halloween husband before they became old maids in their late 20s would spend the rest of their days surrounded by black cats being accused of witchcraft because their husband hunting spells didn't work. Can I interest anyone in the definition of irony? God. I want. I feel like I would just be one of those old ladies. Be like, give me all the cats. Give me, give me all the cats. Give me all those cats. Come here, give kitty me that cat. kitty. I would mm. love a kit cat. Give me a little. Mm. 
Bring me off a piece. Bring, bring I like me yeah. Are we saying that we're sexually okay. attracted to cats? Because it comes okay. off that way, and I'm not trying to come off that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, are we saying it? Because I'm, I'm not like, trying to come off that way. Where's my egg yolk? <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I like learning about holidays. Yeah, it was fun. Did you have fun? Yeah, I'm just so tired that <laughs> nothing that we're saying is making any sense. But I had fun doing it. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Is that funny? That's funny. <laughs> okay.